Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 184. Today is September the 23rd, 2021. We've got a fun show for you guys today. No headlines. So that's kind of why we're going to talk a little bit about Persona uh, leading off the podcast. Maybe a little short. I'm not exactly sure. But um, it's funny because we may have some headlines coming like tomorrow. Or I guess later today, but uh, as of this recording, nothing real big as we're still gearing up for Tokyo Game Show, which will be uh, next week's podcast. Go ahead and remind everybody, we'll probably record on Friday next week, just so that we get the beginnings of the game show and uh, the game show, (laughs) Tokyo Game Show, and um, bring you guys as much as we can the next week we'll wrap up anything that kind of broke after we record the podcast and we're going to do kind of um something special here in a few weeks i'll be on vacation uh the week of october 9th through the i don't know 17th or something like that so whatever that thursday is uh, let's look at the old calendar here um Thursday the 14th, that's going to be a mailbag show. So go ahead and be thinking about what questions you might want to ask, and I will answer them, I guess, a week before when I record a, a separate episode. Uh, I will post those that question on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter. If you've got a question and you... Uh, you're not on social media. I'll be honest. I wish I wasn't on it uh, nearly as much as I uh, kind of have to with just work and life. That's It's a necessary evil. Um, but you can always just email. Uh, pop me an email at jrpgreport at gmail.com. Um, if you just want to say, hey, that's cool too. But uh, yeah, if you've got a, a question you would like me to try to answer on an upcoming mailbag, that is a good way to do it. So let's talk Persona. And it does it, is it just me? Or does it feel like every game franchise is celebrating some sort of anniversary? I mean, we just talked about the Tales of 25th anniversary. It's kind of weird that Persona is on their 25th anniversary as well. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, <laughs> in this podcast about, it's apparently the Atelier series 25th anniversary we just had dragon quest what 35th not long ago so everybody's got some sort of milestone and obviously when you've been a series has been going for that long you celebrate it because we we've all got a couple franchises in our head that are beloved to us that are sadly no longer with us but uh one of the one of the main heavy hitters uh if you want to say the big three of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and Persona, I think that's a pretty fair um, analogy. You've got Tales of, you know, kind of on the outside looking in. You know, Pokemon's the the ginormous elephant in the room, but it's it's just such a long-running series. And I don't consider it, in my mind, to be a true JRPG because, I mean, story's not exactly the, the big draw of, of catching monsters into balls, but... Obviously, it is a JRPG, just not quite the same. It's it's just its own beast altogether. But Persona, 25 years. Um, kind of hard to believe for me personally, as I didn't get in on the ground floor. Um, I, I, I started with this series with Persona 3 when it came out on PS2 and uh, have loved it ever since then. They're going to be doing a couple things at TGS this year, and it kind of sounds like it's 
going to be a lot of music. Um, there may be some other things included, but at least for right now, they opened up, uh, you're seeing this on the YouTube version of the podcast, they, uh, Morgana hosted a 25th Anniversary Times video. It's about six minutes long. And, you know, it's got some, some cool personality to it, as you would kind of expect. But there was three main announcements from this video. One is all the Persona animes are available in Japan. Maybe that's something here as well, but uh, they've kind of re-released those all so people can see it. That's the Persona 3 movie, Persona Soul, Persona Trinity Soul, 4, 4 Golden, and 5. Um, but coming up, there is going to be a Persona 25th Anniversary Special Orchestral Concert held in the Tokyo Opera City Hall on November 21st, featuring tracks from the series arranged in a classical orchestral performance. That's one of those things like, man, wouldn't that be incredible if they did a world tour for it? Would, would you go to that? I, I would travel quite a ways to see that personally. At TGS, uh, if you recall the Persona 5 song, uh, vocalist Lynn performed. She will be her here. She, I'll be quiet. I guess she uh, will perform a mini concert during the Love Sega special live stream on October 3rd at 2140 Japan Central Time. So, yeah, you go back to Revelations Persona first launch on the PlayStation September 20th of 1996 in Japan. It's been a long time uh, <laughs> and a beloved series. I've enjoyed each one kind of a little bit more. I'll be honest, about four and four golden is is special. And I really, really enjoyed three as well, but I don't know, just five and then the royal treatment and then adding to the story like they did in Strikers is just, um, it's, it's a little bit special. And I guess maybe where it's the newest one and they kind of perfected the uh, the battle system the way they did. It's kind of hard not to. They did open up a 25th anniversary website and a new worldwide shop atlas online store, which is open now. You can check out some of the items they have for sale. They're going to be putting some more things on there as you kind of go along. There's uh, If you get on there right now, you can check the link on our social media channels. There's some really cool... Uh, wallpapers that you can download uh, kind of with uh, the protagonist from each uh, of the five mainline games in it, including even like it's got the, the female version of three's protagonist from the PSP version of it. Definitely check that out. One of the things I think is coming up for sale on the website here fairly soon, you can pre-order it now, is a Persona music box. They will ship out on uh, December Christmas Eve, and you'll have until October 13th to pre-order it. It's going for about $80. Uh, it's kind of fairly small, but it, yeah, like a little Velvet Room music box. Um, and uh, you can the picture's shown that you can store your diamonds in that. There was, <laughs> in the pictures, there was kind of diamonds strewn all about the place. I don't know how many people have... Uh, have a bunch of loose diamonds they want to store in a Persona box. But hey, you know, you you be you and, and do what you got to do. So that's that's on there now. There's promises that there will be more things upcoming to the shop as uh, they go along with this special celebration over the next few months. Not it, There might be links to it, but 
the Figma per, uh, persona figures are getting a re-release via the Good Smile Company. You can pre-order those right now. So uh, three, four, and fives protagonists are on pre-order right now for $70.99. It's a good deal. <laughs> These are really high-quality figures. Um, I would highly encourage you to get it, at, especially at this price. That's that's pretty low for some of these things. You've I've seen them go on eBay for much more than that. Um, you can pre-order them now. They will show up in North America in September of 2022. You can uh, check that link out. There's always some good stuff going on on the Good Small website. I really enjoy their their stuff. They've always got a good deal going on. Uh, lastly, there was a poll that was taking place in Japan, and they wanted to know what Japanese players thought was the most popular Persona 5 character. I'll give you half a sec to think about your favorite character. You probably don't have to think too hard about who your favorite one is. I, I think it's pretty obvious that Joker is numero uno. Uh, I think they did 48,000 votes, and he got uh, roughly 20% of it at just under 10,000. Um, the most popular ones were Joker, Makoto, and Crow. So that's... Or Goro, I guess. I guess it'd be a more appropriate... Uh, use their real names for it. Um, least... Least popular. At the very bottom, Ryuji. Um, at first, when I read this, I thought it said Ryuji was the least popular, like, persona character ever, which I didn't think was fair, and I was kind of like, what? No, that's not right. That can't be it. Um, I actually really liked Ryuji, but eh, maybe he was the least. Uh, so let's, let's do these in order. So it's Joker, uh, Mikato, Goro, um, I'm reading the numbers as I'm kind of going, going down here. Uh, Futaba, Yusuke, then Morgana, Haru, then On and Ryuji at the bottom of the list. I thought they were all excellent characters, but I guess if you got to put them in order, that's not too, too inaccurate <laughs> to be. Although I guess probably my least favorite was probably Yusuke. I don't know. He just kind of like, eh, he was funny at times, but he's kind of off-putting other times. I My royal playthrough, I really liked Haru. I thought she was a really cool character that that uh, really shined. But um, there you go. So Persona 25 years, kind of hard to believe, but uh, they've been going strong. And maybe, I, I don't think we're going to get news of Persona 6 anytime soon. It's been plenty long enough. Uh, it's been five years since the first Persona 5 came out. So it's probably about time. We talked about four. I think they're kind of working on Project 3 Fantasy to try to get it. Obviously, they want to get Shimigami Tensei 5 completely out the door this November. And then I think we're going to start moving towards that next Persona experience. Today's podcast is sponsored by you. As we do not have ads here on the JRPG Report, we are completely listener-supported. You can do so through Patreon. Just search on JRPG Report. We also take donations directly through the Anchor app, which is 
the uh, platform that I distribute the podcast through. That link is down below. Or you can just go through PayPal and uh, say jamesfisherproductions at gmail.com and send me some scratch that way. I will gladly take it no matter how you're given. And I do appreciate each and every one of you awesome supporters that uh, make this weekly JRPG news podcast very possible. Uh, just to kind of wrap up what's going on at Tokyo Game Show, uh, Sega Atlas announced their complete lineup, which I kind of feel like we've went over this before, but um, we'll just highlight what I think is going... Lost Judgment is going to be there, which is kind of pseudo-JRPG, not really. Uh, Fancy Star Online 2 New Genesis is going to be shown, um, and that's... That's about it. Uh, Atlas will have Shimigami Tensei 5 there, but that's the only Atlas title that they are listing. That doesn't mean that's all it's going to be there, but that's kind of all that uh, <laughs> that they're willing to kind of say. There is uh, Nippon Ichi is going to be in this. Um, I, I guess they didn't want to have anything to really do for their own. So like, hey, can we have... 20 minutes is what they've been allotted for a announcement of a new strategy RPG from Nippon Echi Software. Um, so there you go. We'll see what that exactly is. That's taking place on October the 2nd at 7 o'clock at night. So we'll see what they've got up their sleeve if it is something they want to talk about. Sega has released, uh, we, we talked about they were teasing um, a new RPG that is going to be for smartphones. It's going to be fully revealed. There's a teaser, trailer, and countdown website for it right now. They're going to reveal it completely on October 1st at 22.50 Japan Central Time. Yeah, another... <laughs> your guys' favorite. Another uh, mobile JRPG. To Koei Tecmo announced their full lineup as well. We've been over this a couple times before. The, the main thing we're looking forward to is uh, on October 2nd at 2100, Blue Reflection Second Light will take the stage and then afterwards will be the unannounced title. We've speculated due to the uh, rating of Atelier Sophie 2. We will have to see if that is indeed it or if it's Still a mystery. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. They are going to uh, show the Monster Rancher um, 1 and 2 DX is going to be there from series producer. But I think, yeah, that's all kind of the JRPG stuff that's going on. Fatal Frame will be there as well, which I played. Did you ever play those Fatal Frame games? Those were scary. Oh, my gosh. So scary. I couldn't, I couldn't quite handle it. So uh, leading to the idea that... This is going to be uh, Sophie 2 announced at that. As I mentioned briefly, the Atelier is celebrating their 25th anniversary. The first game launch, well, they're going to be celebrating it in May of 2022. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, it could be. It it absolutely could be the uh, the announcement for it. But yeah, it's been going around for a while. The first entry in the series, Atelier Murray, the Alchemist of Salberg. First launch for the PlayStation back on May 23rd of 1997 in Japan. Uh, Gust has opened up a website for this. 
And let's see how this is. In May 2022, the Atelier series will mark its 25th anniversary, the website reads. Thank you very much to everyone who has supported the series throughout the years. As a gift to you for all your love and support, we are planning various Atelier-related projects throughout 2022, including the soon-to-be-announced 25th anniversary title. Information will be announced sequentially, so please stay tuned. Hmm. What could that be? Please don't be <laughs> a smartphone game with every character in its 25 years anniversary. That would, I kind of feel like they've sort of already done that anyway with the last mobile game, but um, the website did tease six anniversary projects, which may not all necessarily be games, with the first to be announced on October. Second, what's going on October 2nd? <laughs> the Koei Tecmo portion of the Tokyo Game Show announcement. So yeah, there's that's the first one that's going to come out. And if it is indeed Sophie 2, that's pretty cool. As long as one of those six things is Rise of 3, then I'm A-okay <laughs> with uh, these. If they don't, I'm going to be a very, very sad Boy, we may have something to talk about next week. Uh, I kind of doubt it, though. Um, Nintendo Direct is going on later today. So if you are listening to this actually on the 23rd, you may flip over to YouTube and see if it's on or not. So this is going to be at 3 p.m. Pacific Time or 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nintendo will host a 40-minute long Direct. I say I kind of doubt there's going to be much JRPG. I, I I'm assuming Shin Megami Tensei 5 will be there, but we've seen that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We didn't see any of it for so long, and now I feel like we've seen so much of it. Maybe to make up for it. But it says it will focus on Switch games launching this winter. So what... There's a lot of Switch games that are coming out in that point in time, and many of those I'm pretty excited about. I don't think there's going to be anything for us, but I will <laughs> I will check it out. You'll hear about it first on our social channels, and then we'll cover it next week on the podcast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the arrival of fall. So here in my neck of the woods, fall started yesterday, uh, Wednesday, October 22nd, and literally it turned to fall. It was insane. Like it had been warm, like in the eighties, a couple days before that, and about mid afternoon, the uh, the storm rolled in and it cooled down, and it has just been absolutely wonderful ever since. Hoping that it continues. Hooray, fall! I'm just not a I'm just not a summer person. I'm sorry. Um, back to the news. The PC version of Neo: The World Ends with You will launch via the Epic Game Store on September the twenty eighth. Publisher Square Enix and Nova for Hand announced for $59.99. Of course, it came out back on July the 27th worldwide for PS4 and Switch. I don't think there's any anything kind of special going on with the PC, like things that are not included in the uh, console versions, obviously. You know, you got your big fancy powerful computer. You'll be able to run it a little bit better, but I don't think this is anything other than being on Epic Game Store and a bunch of people are like, yay, what's, 
what's going on with that? I'm not sure if we're going to hear anything JRPG related at this, but just keep this on your radar. The Playism Game Show is coming up on September the 25th, so just a couple of days from now. 16 titles will be showcased. Uh, it's kind of preempting the Tokyo Game Show. It'll be going on on September 25th at 1600 Japan Central Time. You can watch it on YouTube in English and Japanese. We'll just have to wait and see if there's anything we're talking about. I'll cover it next week, if in fact there are. Um, we talked last week about Hexa working on Dragon Quest uh, 12, the Fames of Flate. Uh, the flight. What is the flight? The Flames of Fate. Well, also working on it is going to be Orca. They are recruiting Unreal Engine 5 game development staff to work on the game. The company announced. Now, uh, Orca also worked on Dragon Quest Eleven and uh, the Dragon Quest Eleven S Definitive Edition, as well as Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, with Bandai Namco, among other titles they're looking for a little bit of everything going on there so if you are japanese listen to this and you want to work for them you can uh go and apply for that so it's it's they're gearing up right so they announced it they threw the logo up there now obviously square Enix has been working on it for a little bit they're going to bring in some help it's going to be a big big title so all hands on deck uh to big this and you have to believe most games like this are on the that three four five year development cycle so probably looking at something towards the end of the lifespan of the playstation 5 let's hope it lasts longer than that but you know five years is a pretty good window for for systems so yeah we'll be talking about <laughs> development for dragon quest 12 for a long, long time. I thought this was a fun little thing. Uh, Capcom, they've done a couple of these uh, tie-in um, collaboration events, um, both for uh, Monster Hunter Rise and then now uh, or Stories 2 they did. So this one's for Rise. Starting tomorrow, September 24th, there's going to be a Mega Man collaboration. No, I don't think the Blue Bomber is going to be showing up. Of course, last uh, last time we talked about it was uh, Street Fighter's Akuma. But uh, so your little uh, animal companions, you can now dress them up as Rush. And it's Mega Man 11 form. So as an old school uh, Mega Man player, I thought that was pretty, pretty fun to see. Old Rush hopping up in there and, and making the game look just ridiculous. I I don't know. I just I think it's funny. So um, you can check that out starting on the twenty fourth. Pure ridiculousness. Um, wedding our appetite even more so for Legend of Heroes Chrono Kaseki. Uh, leading up to its release in one week in Japan, September thirtieth, they released the opening movie for it, featuring the theme song. Namamoki Akumo no Hate by the Falcom JDK band. I don't I didn't know they had a house band, but apparently they do. It's it's freaking awesome. I don't it it just makes me sad that this game is nowhere on our radar because I'm so excited for it. 
So excited. And I've got to wait so long. Um, you're more than welcome to head over to our YouTube channel to check out this theme song and opening movie for it. You'll probably have no idea what's going on. One scene in particular I thought was really cool, and I used it for the uh, thumbnail for it, is uh, it's got one of the new main characters um, <clears throat> kind of turn towards the camera and then turning and walking away. In front of her, also walking away down some sort of tunnel, was both Zen and Fee. So, yeah, all the, all the feelings, man. I don't know. So we're going to wait for a while for that one. But when that day comes, a good day, <laughs> it shall be. This is a uh, woo story. I don't think it's going to affect anything, but it's kind of like, huh? So if you are a longtime Tales of fan, you are also a fan of the animated cutscenes in the mo of the games, which have been made, as far as I can recall, forever by UFO Table. They're in a bit of hot water for doing some old tax evasion in that, <laughs> in that kind of thing. I, and I know mistakes happen, but this doesn't sound like a mistake. It does sound pretty intentional. And while not a great, great sum of money in big business world, um, they are accused of evading about 1.2 million worth of taxes. Um, they said they were trying to prepare for a future decline in business. Government don't really care <laughs> what's your reasons for. They want their money. And uh, they're probably going to end up getting. But just kind of one of those kind of those weird stories that pop up from now and again as I'm enjoying. I, you know, I feel like I was pretty harsh on Tales of Rise last week. And I think some of the criticism is more than warranted. I'm enjoying it. A whole, whole lot. I, I got Renwell and was able to step back and play with her. That really changed the battle dynamics of it. The story is amazing. The world's amazing. It's really drawing me in through that side, even if the action part isn't as much as I typically do in Tales. I'm enjoying everything else quite a bit more. And... Uh, well, I kind of feel like the regular battles are a little eh, kind of ho-hum. The boss battles or mid-boss, mid whatever you want. Anything with a... If you get a health bar at the top of the screen for the boss, it's on. And those fights are awesome. Like, they're really, really challenging, boarding on too hard. I go ahead and I'll admit it. I bumped it down to story mode just to enjoy it more. I didn't really see a huge drop in difficulty it's still <laughs> you're still going to spam all your items and go through all your healing even on that mode but just made it a little bit more enjoyable slightly more but yeah they, every boss battle has just kind of ticked up up and up and up and just i <laughs> i really look forward to those and i kind of not as much on the regular regular ones but yeah, I, I'm enjoying the game quite a bit. I feel like I'm probably one of the few that's not as high on it as everybody else, but everybody I'm talking to is just loving it, and that is an absolutely uh, great thing. I, I forgot to mention this with our Persona stuff. There's um, another figure coming out from Mega House. There's two additions to the Persona 5 Royal lineup that they're doing. Uh, it's been confirmed that both Joker and Crow um, are coming no release date has been out just yet. There's just a single image 
for both of them, but they look pretty awesome as uh they're gonna get your money <laughs> all the all the will live long day like I, said, I kind of no one got lost in all the tabs is something I did want to talk about a bit earlier. Square Enix released a new trailer for Final Fantasy XIV in Walker Expansion, introducing the job actions for Dragoon, Warrior, Red Mage, Scholar, Dark Knight, Dancer, Machinist, Barge, Astrologian, White Mage, Black Mage, Sage, Monk, Summoner, and the new Reaper classes. Um, when the New expansion goes live. There will be job adjustments, building upon changes implemented in Shadowbringers. And Walker will bring new gameplay experiences for disciples of four magic jobs. Updates include significant changes to summoner job mechanics, the addition of single target buffs for all healer jobs, timing-based effects added to some defensive tank cooldowns, and much more. Do you reward adjustments? Trials on both normal and extreme difficulties which provide weapons as a reward, will now drop a weapon coffer alongside one of the available weapon rewards, allowing players to easily obtain weapons of their choosing. There are system-related updates, adjustments to HQ items, and post-release past updates. Due to the urgent need to update server congestion, the database travel system is scheduled for implementation after patch 6. Point oh, this is all leading up to its launch of Ben Walker on November the 23rd. There is now, I think, the Final Fantasy 15 collaboration event going on. Coming up soon, on October 19th through the 11th, they're redoing the Dragon Quest Eleven collaboration event. So that's something to look forward to. I think in the FF15, you could get um, you could get the Redala Type G to as a mount, but you, you know, drive it around. That was kind of insane. <laughs> Why not? Right. Um, speaking of final fantasy, final fantasy series creator, Hubberno Sagaguchi and final fantasy 14 producer and director, Diego Shada will host a special presentation on quote, the appeal and potential of RPG end quote at TGS. Hamitsu will host the presentation on October 2nd, starting at 9 a.m. Japan Central Time, so this may be a little after next week's podcast. Um, well, it definitely will be. Uh, Seguchi also said on Twitter that he would ask Kushida about <laughs> FF16 during the talk. The Tokyo Game Show 2021 site revealed new details about the presentation. While details are scarce, the two will talk, report we talk, um, <laughs> the two Final Fantasy veterans will talk, discuss the appealing aspects of role-playing games. They'll also address the potential of the genre. There will be a moderator as well. So kind of, you know, I think it'll be cool to talk about it, but obviously uh, the any information we can gain about Final Fantasy 16, since we know it won't be at TGS, maybe... I don't know. I guess that could be the potential for like, hey, I knew you were going to ask about this, so here's the new trailer. Maybe about a 1% chance that that actually happens, but hey, who knows? You you, you just, you really don't know. Uh, Sagakuchi, of course, is the uh, founder of Mistwalker and recently put out Fantasian on Apple Arcade, and Fantasian is getting update 2.5 
rolling out soon as the story is complete. This edition is more about supplemental features. One of it adds a Void Realm in-game dungeon with new challenges, and the other update will bring New Game Plus. So that is, I don't see a date. Or, nope. The Void Realm Infantation feature features multiple boss battles. There are three floors, each with three Void Crystals containing boss fights. People will then face a major boss fight. So there you go. That's coming up here fairly soon. Something to look forward to at the end of TGS. And I guess we'll probably, you know, I'm talking about that afterwards. Uh, one final thing to, well, I guess two final things. Um, it was revealed, and I'm sure we'll see this at TGS maybe in more detail, that in Shin Megami Tensei 5, there's a mechanic new to this game. If players have a specific demon on their side, a unique conversation can be triggered during demon negotiation depending on which demon is currently on the opposing side. There was a Twitter video that kind of went along with this showing what goes on. But uh, according to the post and gameplay video, these conversations usually occur between demons with some sort of connection. For instance, the gameplay clip shows a special conversation between Jack Frost and King Frost. There you go. So if there's some sort of connection, you may get something special. It's always cool that I guess that probably wouldn't be pretty cool to <laughs> see on their own. But um, eh, there you go. Uh, finally, and like I said, this is definitely, yep, it's going to be a shorter podcast. So uh, there you go. Um, to coincide with Final Fantasy VII making its PlayStation Now debut, Yoshinori Kotase took to the PlayStation blog to talk a bit about the game. Um, of course, he was one of the directors of it. Much the account goes over the challenges that came from creating the game and its cutscenes. However, he also talked about other thoughts, during which he revealed his favorite Final Fantasy VII character is Vincent Valentine. There you go. When the character discussion came up, he brought up that Vincent was his favorite. To be specific, he said how different he is in terms of personality and design than other characters at the series. Here's the full quote. He said, quote, We worked incredibly hard on the game over the course of development to include features that would excite players and innovate the RPG genre. For example, we built the Materia system, which gives players a lot of control over character abilities and created many compelling characters, each with their own deep stories and arcs. My personal favorite is Vincent Valentine. He's an optional party member, so if you're playing the game for the first time on PS Now, make sure you thoroughly explore a certain mansion. That's all I'll say. That's true. I like the character because he is the kind of dark hero who would typically appear in horror movies, a type of character that did not exist in Final Fantasy characters before that point. Vincent appeared in multiple compilation of Final Fantasy VII installments, in addition to his optional appearance in VII. He's a star of Dirge of Service, Final Fantasy VII. He appeared in Advent Children. And he's yet to make his appearance in Remake, although probably coming up in Part 2. And if we're thinking that Yuffie is not optional anymore, her inclusion in the intermission, I'm going to think Vincent's probably not optional this time. There you go. His favorite character, Vincent. I liked Vincent. Um, I didn't find myself using him a whole lot, if I recall back in the day. Uh, I guess he just kind of goes crazy there. Um, that worked for some, but didn't really work for me. That's it. So yeah, that's going to do it for episode 184. Uh, 
not the longest podcast ever, but also not the short. So if you enjoyed it, you can keep up to date on all the things we talk about during the week. Follow us on our social media channels, JRPG Report over on Facebook, on the Twitter. Of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see all the videos that we're talking about, including video versions of the podcast. So you can just kind of lay back and see all the things we're talking about at the same time of hearing me. We'll be back. Remember, Friday next week, not on our usual Thursday podcast. So Friday, we'll try to get anything that's come out, obviously between now and then, but the beginnings, Tokyo Game Show. Yay, yay, yay. Hopefully, I want to be surprised this year. We we know a lot about it, but I'm really hoping for something, a big, even if it's just a logo for, you know, Remake Part 2 or something, just... Give me something. Give me something to look forward to. I think we need that right now. We'll be back next Friday and hopefully some good things to chat about. But until then, get back out there and level up.